Today is special for me because this that's about to happen is the first time in 29 years of ministry. I've wanted this to happen for a while, but really hadn't had the nerve to ask. <laughs> but I've been praying and I really felt like that my wife should speak today on Mother's Day. And I didn't really even have to ask her. She already knew I was going to ask. And she said the Lord had already been dealing with her. So I know this is ordained today. And I know it's a bittersweet day for her because her mom is in heaven. And she'd be so proud of you and Valerie. So Stephanie is going to speak today. For 29 years she stood by my side, cheerleaded for me, prayed for me, encouraged me, and today I get to do that for her. Every Sunday morning about 10 o'clock I get a text from her that says, Fire on you. I love you. And it was my turn today. I left a yellow sticky note on the bathroom mirror that said, My turn. Fire on you. I love you. So preach it. Preach it, amen. I love you. I'm going to start off with a little story. There was a census taker who knocked on the door, a woman's door, to interview her. When she answered the door, he asked her how many children that she had and what were their names. The woman answered that she had four children in total and their names were Eeny, Miney, Eeny, meeny, miny, and George, okay? Confused about the names, the census taker took down her answer and then asked why she went off course and decided to name the last child George. She replied, because we didn't want any more. Get it? <laughs> if you will go ahead, turn your Bibles to Proverbs 31, 25. That's where I'm going to be reading from. And then also Joshua 1, 9. While you're turning there, I want to say moms come in many forms. Today, when I say mom, there are birth moms. There are moms-to-be. There are adoptive moms. There are fur baby moms. Foster moms. We have spiritual moms and so many other mom figures. So a mom is just not a birth mom. Today, I'm speaking to all ladies and even gentlemen. This is not just for the ladies because it applies to all of us. I'm proud to be a woman, and I'm proud to be a mom, but it doesn't come without its fears. Fears. We are living in a world consumed by fear. We worry about so many different things. We lay down at night with fear eating at us. How many women do that at night? You lay down. Men, too. You lay down, and it's like you think about everything. Some of you go to sleep in two seconds. Some of you sit there and think about it. So the title of my message is simply, Be Strong. Everybody say, be strong. So Proverbs 31, 25, this is our fearless ladies' motto. This is our scripture, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. Now flip over, if you're in your Bibles, flip over to Joshua 1, 9, also from the New Living Translation. It says, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. He didn't say just here or there. He said he's with you wherever you go. What is fear? Fear is described as an unpleasant emotion by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. 
It means to be afraid of someone or something is likely to be dangerous, painful, and threatening. One acronym of fear, we spell fear, F-E-A-R, is false evidence appearing real. It means there's no true threat of immediate physical danger. There's no threat of loss of someone or something dear to us. There's actually nothing at all. Fear is simply an illusion we create. Think about that. Y'all, it's literally what we create. And we pretend it's real or we let Satan tell us it's real. It keeps us from doing what we want and more importantly, what God wants. You won't have any real evidence until you try. Well, guess what I'm doing this morning? I'm trying. That's kind of what I'm speaking about. So I want to tell you something. I know fear is... Um, Fear is, comes in all different ways. My, my main topic today is just fear and doing what God wants you to do, but there are real fears. So I want to tell you about our first time in a camper. Who likes to go camping? All right, I don't. <laughs> the first night I spent in a camper, and I got to share you this, me and my son Cameron, I don't know where he's at, but anyway, um, we're city people. Now, pastors, he's more of a country boy. He was raised in the country, knows the woods. We, me and Cameron were not. So I screenshot this to keep it. I didn't know I was going to use this in my first ever message. So this is us, me and Cameron, at midnight, okay? I said, are you moving, LOL? He said, no. I thought y'all were. I said, OMG. He said, we're being attacked. I said, OMG, I can't sleep. City girl. He said, is that y'all? He said, your laugh is literally shaking the whole camper. I can't do this. This is too much. He said, my bed is laying in a downward slope. I can't sleep. There's an earthquake. I said, yeah, it's me. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> the, camp, the laugh was shaking the whole camper. I said, lay your head at the other end. Then I didn't hear anything else from him. Like, I was still scared. I said, did you get kidnapped? <laughs> I said, then I didn't hear from him. I said, you there? He said, no. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm going to try to sleep again. <laughs> so that was our first time in a camper. I don't ever want to camp again. All right. So I just thought I'd share. We all have fears. We do. It's what you do with it, though. So today I felt led to share some of my story with you. Everybody look at each other and say, be fearless. Say, be strong. It's just recently that I have realized that I have allowed fear to manipulate and control me much of my life. Fear will cause you to stop advancing in the areas of growth and development and keep you from fulfilling God's plan for your life. Fear will cause you to doubt. It will keep you from growing spiritually mature in Christ. Now I have battled many fears, but today I'm conquering one of my fears by talking to you all. You see, I love talking to people one-on-one -on -one or in small groups like my fearless ladies. Let me hear my fearless ladies. And I especially love talking to little children because I used to teach pre-K. Now, you see, I love teaching pre-K because it didn't matter what you do. They didn't judge. They didn't criticize. They loved you unconditionally, and they didn't have a clue when you made a mistake. So, don't judge me this morning. God has been dealing with me for a while, and a few weeks ago, like he said, after service, 
I sat in my living room and I shared with my husband that I felt God was calling me to speak. Without hesitation, he said, basically, I knew it. And I said, I know when you're going to say. And we both said, Mother's Day. I laid my face in my hands and I began to weep uncontrollably because I knew it was the Lord. And I knew it was confirmation because I could have said no. I couldn't believe that I even told him. Normally, I just run away from it. Nothing was said for about a week after I said that. I didn't want to say nothing. I wanted to drop the ball. <laughs> and so about a week later, I said, were you serious? Were you, did you really? He said, yeah, I was serious. So here I am. <laughs> I admire and I appreciate our pastor even more. He's my husband, and we've been married almost 29 years. But I don't think I really understood what he goes through to prepare a message. I appreciate my dad pastoring all his life. I, think, I truly appreciate what they go through. I would wake up during the night with God giving me thoughts. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't get my thought process together. It was like writing a paper all over again. You know how long it's been since I've wrote a paper? It's been a while. One minute I would feel excited to share. That's an honor. But then the next minute, the devil would instill fear, instill fear in me and I'd get terrified all over again. Was I writing too much, too little? Was it coming together? Would it make sense? My heart would race every time I heard, Mother's Day. I'm supposed to like Mother's Day, right? They said it Wednesday night, and I went, oh, I wanted to be sick. <laughs> the pressure is real, so love and appreciate your pastor. This is not easy at all, so thank you, Pastor. I understand now why he wants to go home and take a nap, right? As a child, I always loved the story, Jonah. It was my favorite Bible story. It hit me the other day. Guess what? I've been living like Jonah. I had been running from all that God had for me. I had not been swallowed by a big fish, but I had been swallowed by fear. I would sit in that seat right there, and God would show me myself standing here. He's been doing that for years now since we've been back. And I'd say, God, how? But why? You know I don't like this. Pastor Corey said this last week. We don't feel worthy. We feel terrified. What if we say the, you know, the wrong things? How could I minister when I felt that way and felt terrified to speak to crowds? I had spent my whole life telling people no when they'd asked me to speak or at speaking engagements. I said no. I would find every excuse not to simply because I was scared. But I realized I wasn't obeying God. I remember coming back from youth camp when I was a teenager, all fired up. I'm going to sing with my friend, Jennifer, in church one Sunday. I texted her this past week. I said, what did we, what did you, were you even going to sing? And she told me, I said, I blocked it out. I don't remember. What happened was I was playing the piano, and I got so consumed by fear of thoughts of what if, what if, what if. I got sick, literally, and I had to run to the bathroom. I didn't even get to hear her sing it. So thank you, Jennifer, for taking one for the team. <laughs> but I did. I, guess I got sick. Fear kept me from doing what God wanted me to do. As he said, my mom passed away of cancer 23 years ago. She was only 48. I was just 25, and my sister, Valerie, was 19. I had never feared death 
ever until that moment. Satan struck me with such anxiety and fear. He wanted me to feel like something would eventually happen to me. Satan had me thinking that everything I felt, everything I felt was sickness. I felt was pain. I thought I was going to die. It was absolutely torment. But praise God for a praying and supportive husband who made me scriptures to read out, who prayed and rebuked the enemy over that feeling of torment that I was having. Ladies, young ladies, get you a good godly man. Can't make it without him. They're great. I used God's word as my weapon and I eventually overcame. I felt like I had followed in my mom's footsteps in so many aspects of life and ministry, which was a beautiful thing, except that Satan began to whisper that I would not make it past 48 years old. He told me that. And sometimes we believe his lies. He told me that. In fact, last year when I was 48, they found two polyps in the same place that they found that my mom's was. You talk about fighting some fear. And Satan said, this is it. I rebuked him over and over. But see, I had been through a process of life. I rebuked and I rebuked. I began to quote scripture. And I had a supernatural peace. I immediately began to speak healing and life over my body. Satan tried to instill the fear in me, but I was determined to be fearless. I had surgery to remove the polyps, and I'm here to say, praise God, it was not cancer. Thank you, Jesus. In that moment, the power of life was in my tongue, and I'm here today to tell you that I turned 49 two months ago, and God is in control. He is healer, and Satan is a liar. I think Satan, see, has tried to have been taking me out all along. He didn't want me to do this. He didn't want me to do this. He didn't want me here for this moment. I'm standing here, though. Ha, you under my feet. I have battled anxiety. I've battled depression. I've battled hurt. I've battled loneliness and sickness. Yes, pastors and pastors' wives deal with the same thing you do. We're no better. We're no different, if you think so. We're not. We battle the enemy just like you do. We just have to fight it. He didn't want me to have this moment, but I overcame, and Jesus always wins. Satan knows the anointing and the plans God has for each of us. The Bible says God knew us before we were ever formed in our mother's womb. And Satan's doing all he can to destroy what God's plan is for each of you. You may be battling fear of hurt, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of danger, fear of loneliness, Fear of hopelessness, fear of sickness, fear of inadequacy, fear of what God has for you. But there's more to your story. I believe breakthrough is on the way and there's a testimony coming from your brokenness. Look at your neighbor and say, be strong. When the angel appeared to Mary, the mother of Jesus, he told her, do not be afraid. But don't you know Mary was scared just seeing an angel? I would be. First of all, the angel appeared. Second, she was told she was going to have a child and had never been with a man. What was Joseph going to think? What would people think or even do to her? Because back then, well, that was, they did stuff to you. It was against the law. When God speaks to us, it is rarely about things. Now, this is important. Listen to this. When God speaks to us, it is rarely about things that are humanly possible because then 
we wouldn't need him. That's good. He almost always asks us to do things that go beyond our own ability and understanding. So then our natural response is fear. We can either be comfortable and always do things with our own ability or we can commit to trusting God and doing things that are only possible with him. Even though I'm sure Mary was afraid at times, you know what, that didn't stop her from fulfilling her calling and enormous responsibility God had placed upon her. She delivered and raised Jesus, our deliverer. Maybe you feel like today that fear has you holding on by a thread, but you know what? All it took was for the woman with the issue of blood to touch the hem of his garment. She pushed through the crowd just to get to Jesus. Her faith pushed aside her fear and brought her a miracle. The fear of being unclean and what the crowd thought didn't stop her from pressing through and getting to Jesus. Don't let fear be a distraction for God's plan and miracle for your life. Hebrews 11:1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Fear is something we imagine or let the devil feed us, but faith is the hope that God is in control of it all. You see, F-E-A-R, you can choose to forget everything and run, or you can face everything and rise. Think about that. Forget everything and run, or face everything and rise. I'm tired of running. I want to face it and I want to rise before the Almighty God and I want to do what He's called me to do. You see, living with fear can ruin your future and God's plan for your life. It tried to steal my joy and ruin my life. It has been fear that has kept me from pursuing Him deeper. It's been fear that kept me from laughing so many times. It has been fear that had me finding excuse after excuse to say no or not right now. We're not promised tomorrow. The Bible says to not fear 365 times. You know what? That's one time for every day you get up. You get up tomorrow and you say no fear. You get up the next day and you say no fear. You get up the day after that and you say no fear. And you thank the Lord for that. Because with him, there, there is no fear. There's perfect peace and love. We have gotten so comfortable. This is bothering me. We've gotten so comfortable with telling God no that we are just nonchalant about it with little or no conviction and fear of God. You see, when you get to a place of desperation like I am and truly hungry for his will like I am, you will choose faith over fear. And you will say yes. We are the worst to analyze and second-guess everything and just, instead of just submitting to what we feel the Spirit's moving us to do. How many of us make lists of pros and cons? Should we, shouldn't we? Should we, shouldn't we? It's not about what we want or what we think. It's about what God wants us to do. See, fear can be debilitating. It will paralyze you from moving forward and doing all that God has for you. Listen to this. Fear fills the void left by our lack of faith. Think about that. What is fear stopping you from doing? I read this the other day. You relax on a cruise ship, even though you don't know the captain, 
You relax on a bus even though you don't know the bus driver. Why don't you relax in knowing that God is in control? Think about that. I have a slight fear of flying, just slight, but that doesn't stop me from doing it. And I had this thought the other day. The excitement and the anticipation of where I'm going always outweighs my fear of how I'm getting there. Think about that. There are some places that you will never get to unless you get on an airplane. In life, there are some places you will never get to unless you trust the journey God has you on and how he wants to take you there. Think about that. Where is God wanting to take you, but you are fearing the ride? Are you fearing what it takes to get you to where he wants you to be? You know, we all go and cheer and shout at a game, but for some reason, fear holds us back from shouting and cheering in the house of God. We regularly attend work at our jobs, but we allow fear to keep us from coming to the house sometimes or serving in the house of the Lord. We will dance and sing and play an instrument at various events, but we allow fear to keep us from doing those things in the house of God. Jesus deserves all we have. He's the most important. He deserves our very best. Don't make him second in your life. It's taken me a while, but I have learned that everything we do is not for the acceptance of others or to please them. It's all for pleasing God. God showed me that if I was always trying to please people, that I would always be confused and in turmoil. I allowed others' words and opinions to hinder and almost destroy what God was trying to do in me and through me. I almost wanted to quit. Jesus showed me that it was more important to seek him and fear him more than all the other fears I had. All he desires from us is to have faith and to please him. I heard Pastor Benny Tate say this on the way to church Wednesday night, and then Pastor Jeff almost said it verbatim. The older I get the less I worry about what others think of me and more about what God is going to say to me. Wow. Think about that one. When you've been through the fire and the valley's so low, you will begin to cling to God. You will get desperate enough for him to change you, and it is then that we will see the transformation happen. But you see, you got to get yourself out of the way. I had to get myself out of the way. Instead of my fears, I had to say, God, I'm, it's more important what you want me to do. I don't want regrets, and we take life for granted. We assume, we assume that tomorrow will be there. What are we waiting for? What's holding you back? Is it fear like it has been for me? No, we're not all called to preach or teach, but you know what? Every person in this room that hears my voice is called to something. Every one of you is called to something. Each person here has a plan, a gift, and a purpose. I was thinking about Miss Carol's class on giftings. That class is something that should be full, Miss Carol. Some of us don't know our giftings, and that will help you find it. This church should never be in lack of workers. Matthew 9:37 says, "The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few." Mine and pastor's desire is to see the laborers overflowing at Mount Holly Church. I want my kids to see a mom who's not afraid to follow after God no matter what he's calling me to do. No matter my fear, I haven't been a perfect mom 
and I've made lots of mistakes, but one thing that I will never regret is making them come to church and having them involved. Yes, it's important. When they were growing up, we had them at church every time the doors were open. Now they're grown. But I firmly believe that that's why he's Lord of their life and why they are here serving. I was so proud this morning as I saw my daughter sing and I saw my son playing the guitar and my son-in-law playing the guitar. I'm so proud of my children for serving God. That's where every mom should want your children to serve God. Proverbs 22.6 says, To train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they won't depart from it. I have nothing against outside activities or sports, but when our children were small, they did participate. But what we didn't do was put those things before God. We didn't put those things before the house of the Lord, coming to kids' church, Spark Zone, Kids Zone, coming Wednesday night to girls' clubs, boys' clubs. Those things are more important than anything else you can have in your children into, Mom. It's, they're getting the Word of God because I can promise you they're not getting it out in the world. They need it more today than they've ever needed. What you show them is as important now while you are raising them is what they will view as important when they are grown. If you don't show them that church is important, they're not going to think church is important when they're old enough to be accountable and do what they want to do. Mamas, I want to encourage you, have them here. I'm proud of my kids. They're not, they, they're not perfect. None of us are. But I'm so proud to see them in church, and that's something that me and Pastor do not regret is having our kids in church. He told the story one time that uh, he had, a, I think you said he had a drug problem. His mama drug him to church. <laughs> so I always get tickled when I hear that one. Years ago in the old sanctuary, and this is part of, part of my story, in the old sanctuary over there, a guest speaker spoke a, spoke a word over me. I haven't even told my husband this. A guest speaker spoke a word over me about God was going to place the last piece of fruit in my basket. My first thought was, I'm a fruit basket. <laughs> but I didn't understand what it meant at the time, and I have gone all these years not knowing what it meant. I told my husband about it at the time, hoping he would be like Joseph and tell me what the dream or what, the, what it meant, but he didn't know either. After I realized I was going to be speaking today, I was praying a couple of weeks ago. And God brought that word back to me from over 15 years ago. The day, that day as I was praying, I heard God clearly say, I'm about to put that last piece of fruit in your basket. And it was to speak to you guys today because I had not been doing what all that he had called me to do. So I thank God for sharing his word with me and sharing his promises with me. The Holy Spirit came all over me in that moment and I knew that I was to be doing this today. See, his promises are true and what he promises, he doesn't go back on. He doesn't lie. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Jeff preached on pieces. See, I needed more confirmation to know I was doing the right thing because we don't feel worthy. Pastor Jeff preached on pieces and he said, God is about to put your pieces together. He said he's about to make you whole and restored. 
This last piece of fruit right here was my piece to my puzzle. See, I have many gifts, and I've used them over the years, but this, is, this was one more that he was, he's been trying to get me to do, but I've said no. He's been working on me to make me what I ought to be, if you know that song, to shape me for this moment. He's been waiting for me all this time to speak. Don't ever tell me that he gives up on us even when we feel he's silent. He's still there. He's just watching us grow. He's watching you all grow. Last week, Pastor Corey, I needed that word last week. He talked about the mustard seed, and I'm not here to, to repeat what he said, but he's, God used you. You said at no point are you too old or too young to produce fruit. There was that word again, fruit. If you're still living and breathing, you have a calling and something placed inside of you. He said, you have fruits that have never been brought to bear. And I lost it so much right there in that moment. I took my husband's hand and I knew that God was calling me to do this. He's got, God's calling you to do something as well. This is not just my story. You all have a story. I don't want God to move past me. He said last week, he said, if you don't use your gift, God will move on and find somebody else. I don't want him to find somebody else. God has a plan for me. He has a plan for you all. This is part of my story and part of my healing. It's my testimony of how I refused to let God fully use me. But even after all these years, he said, it's not too late. And it's not too late for you. You see, he never left me or gave up on me. And he hasn't on you. He's faithful. My mom used to sing a song years ago, He's Been Faithful. It says, In my moments of fear, through every pain, every tear, there's a God who's been faithful to me. When my strength was all gone, when my heart had no song, still in love, He's proved faithful to me. Every word He's promised is true, and what I thought was impossible, I've seen my God do. He's faithful. He's so faithful. It may have taken me 49 years to completely submit and say, yes, Lord, I surrender all. It may have taken me this long to push aside the fears. It may have taken me this long to, to fear God the most. It may have taken me this long to do what He wanted instead of just what is comfortable and convenient for me. But here I am, Lord. In Him I have been made strong. Look at your neighbor and say, be strong. I want to encourage you to be strong and have courage. Your fear may be concerning your lost children or your spouse. It may be fear for your marriage, your finances, fear of depression, fear of anxiety. It may be fear of hurt, fear of regret or of the past. It may be fear that you can never forgive someone. Unforgiveness is a sin. And that's one of the hardest things to do sometimes. To push past fear, we have to develop a consistent and prayerful and powerful life. Why is it we can get so easily angered by people and circumstances, but we can't get mad enough at the devil? He has taken too much from us already, and it's time to be bold and take back what the enemy has stolen from us. I have a clip that I want you guys to see. It's from the war room, if you've ever seen the war room. And this is the kind of prayer life that I want us to have, if you'll watch the screen.
I don't know where you are, devil. But I know you can hear me. You have played with my mind and had your way long enough. No more. You are done. Jesus is the Lord of this house. And that means there's no place for you here anymore. So take your lies, your schemes, and your accusations and get out in Jesus' name. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my daughter. And you sure can't have my man. This house is under new management. And that means you are out. And another thing. I am so sick of you stealing my joy. But that's changing too. My joy doesn't come from my friends. It doesn't come from my job. It doesn't even come from my husband. My joy is found in Jesus. And just in case you forgot, he has already defeated you. So go back to hell where you belong and leave my family alone. That's the way we have to be. That's it, right there. That is a powerful prayer life. That mama is fighting for herself and her family. We gotta get the fight within us again, ladies and gentlemen. We have to be bold and fight in our prayer. We have to speak victory over our lives and our families. When we battle fear or anything, we can't pray wimpy prayers. Lord Jesus, that's that. We gotta fight the devil. We gotta put him under our feet. We've gotta get passionate and pursue God. We gotta get angry enough to tell the devil that enough is enough. I'm taking back my stuff. That's what we gotta get. We have to rebuke him. We have to put him under our feet. When fear comes, you know what we have the power to do? We have the authority to, to declare, God giveth not the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I sought the Lord, and he delivered me from all my fears. Not just one fear. He delivered me from all my fears. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Don't be afraid. Just believe, and I will be healed. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. As the worship team comes, we all need to battle on our knees for ourselves and our families and our circumstances. We gotta get mad at the devil. It's time to get mad. He's taking too much. We gotta pray like we've never prayed before. We've gotta be determined to be fearless in our lives and in our prayers and to serve him. But also to fear God so much that we're willing to keep ourselves in line with his word and his plans for our lives. We've got to be examples, ladies, for our children. We have to be determined to declare fear is not our future. Jesus, you are. He's your future. You've got to realize what fears are you letting in? Do you imagine it? What are you watching on TV or your phone that's opening the door to fear? 
What lies are you listening to from the devil that's causing fear? When you have fear, you have no joy. When you have no joy, you have no peace and you have no strength. And that's when you get tired and you get weary and you want to give up. It's because we are trying to fight the battle ourselves. We can't do this without Jesus. The battle is the Lord's. It is essential to be fearless, to flourish in life. Listen to this one. But being fearless doesn't mean that fear won't ever come knocking. It just means that you shouldn't let it in. Being fearless doesn't mean that fear won't ever come knocking, but it doesn't mean that you have to let it in. You have the power in Jesus' name to stop it. You see, we're covered by Jesus' blood, and he's already paid the price. Fear will come, but don't let it stop you from his plans. We are not meant to live in fear. We are meant to live in the presence of God that brings perfect peace. You see, I realize why things got so hard for me. It's because I was trying to do it alone. Instead of praying harder, instead of fully trusting God. It's easy to re retreat and fall into our own pity party that no one wants to attend. I've battled depression so deep that I feared I would never feel better again or even have peace, hope, or joy. I've even had times when Satan whispered to me to end my life. I had two times that I can remember in my life that Satan said, if you'll just do this or that, you don't have to deal with it anymore. Yes, those, those feelings are natural. It's what you do with it. In that moment, when he came against me, I rebuked him. I don't think I could ever do that. But you know what? I have God. If I hadn't had God, who knows where I would be right now. God is the most important things that we could ever have. Don't give up. It's not too late. His transforming power can do a mighty work in you. You see, Philippians 1.6 says, And I am certain that God who, could be at, who began the good work within you will continue His work until it is finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So as long as you have breath, push past all fear and let God use you. We can't overcome without Jesus because you know what? He is deliverer. He is healer. He is way maker. He is provider. He is joy. He is strength. He is peace. He is love. He's Alpha and Omega and He always wins. You see, Jesus' name is power. All you have to do is speak the name of Jesus. If you can't say anything else, say the name Jesus. 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 Darkness will tremble when you speak the name Jesus. Fear is silenced when you speak the name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. I may have feared speaking in front of people, but you see, I had to go through a process. All the storms that brought me to my knees to make me stronger to make me hungry and desperate for more of Him. I had to declare more of you and less of me. You see, God does some of His best work when we are facing the storm and we're feeling empty. We wonder, God, why do we go through things sometimes? But it's when you're empty that God will fill you up.